The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend, and a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. So DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to 25000 bucks. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Now, for all new customers, DraftKings Sportsbook has a no-brainer of an offer. DraftKings is giving you a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. Yep, you heard that right. All it takes is one touchdown, Brady and Mahomes, and your money is doubled. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code BULL, B-U-L-L, to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. Plus, all new customers will have a shot to double their money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. That's code BULL, B-U-L-L, only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash predictions dash challenge dash DFS for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the SI Gambling Podcast brought to you by DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook. Corey Parson and Frankie Tadeo, Fat Stacks Frankie. Coming to you in our final podcast before the big one. The granddaddy of them all. You know what I'm saying, Frankie? The granddaddy of them all. That's the great Keith Jackson, right? Yeah, it really is. When he used to talk about the Rose Bowl being the granddaddy yep. of them all. And I miss that, those amazing voices, you know. And I'm, I still miss a lot of these amazing voices. I'll be honest, Corey. I miss Madden and Summerall doing the Super Bowl. So, you know, you're bringing up some great names. But, you know, obviously – it's finally, we finally got there. We navigated through all these COVID-19 issues. And finally, Super Bowl 55 is here when a lot of people were worried and skeptical that we'd never get to this point. And boy, are we getting a doozy because we're getting arguably the best quarterback matchup in Super Bowl history between the GOAT and the kid and the greatest of all time against maybe the greatest of the current time in Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. But I think this game is going to come down to a lot more than those two, but these two are good. I definitely have a big say on who's going to come out the eventual victoriously in Super Bowl 55. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned Pat Summerall and John Madden. I, I think I've told you this before. I mean, I've shared this with somebody. I think, oh, that is the best broadcast duo of all time. Mm-hmm. I think second place would be the team of Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. They do a phenomenal job in the NBA, but definitely Madden and Summerall are, are, are the goats of broadcasting, in my opinion. You know, John Madden with all his Maddenisms and Pat Summerall is just, uh, you know, just like, you know, just 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 being one of the top, you know, lead voices of all time. Right. But yeah, no, definitely. I, I love all those guys, but don't 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 leave out a couple of those people. I used to love uh, Dick Emberg. And, you know, when he was doing with his, uh, you know, touchdown. Oh, my. His, his yeah. call there when he used to do games with Bob Trumpy on NBC Sports when we yep. were younger, you know, as well as, you know, even the great Vince Scully, you know, doing the World Series games when I was a kid, the 86 Mets, you know, with his call still that lives in, uh, you know, obviously, you know, will go down in 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 
sports history, you know, and sports lore with the ball that went through Bill Buckner's legs and, you know, hit by Mookie Wilson where Ray Knight came around to score and eventually led to a comeback after game six and game seven, you know, the Mets taking, uh, coming back from a, you know, when it looked like the Mets had no chance, you know, and, and beating Calvin Soroldi in that game. And, you know, when they had Roger Clemens, when Roger Clemens was really young and, and obviously Wade Boggs and things like that. But, you know, you look at those games, but there's some great voices out there, but you are hundred percent right. I completely agree with you that Madden and Summerall are arguably the greatest tag team duel of all time. I'll touch on a couple of things right quick. The fall of 1986 as a young New York Yankee fan was not one of my favorite things to remember because, you know, as a Yankee fan, you didn't really want to see the Mets win the World Series. But I got to admit, um, I, I think the the, 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 the the 86 Mets are probably the most intriguing championship team of all time with all the storylines and stuff that went on with that team. There's been many stories written about Oof. that team. Um I remember the game against Houston, the 16 in the game against Houston. Yeah. I remember coming home from school and watching that game after school. Now, Summerall and Madden, what's interesting about Summerall and Madden, if I'm not mistaken, the Morton Anderson game where the Falcons, the Dirty Bird Falcons, upset the Minnesota Vikings, mm-hmm. I believe that was their last broadcast together. You know, I, I'm not really sure I, I, that game. I mean, I remember watching it intently because I actually was hoping that the Falcons would win that game because I, the Jets were playing in the AFC Championship game later that day against Denver, um, yep. which, which the Jets eventually went up 10 nothing in that game and were winning at halftime and looked like, you know, they were going to be going to a Super Bowl and then everything fell apart when – Dave Meggett couldn't feel that opening kickoff in the second half. The ball bounced around, and before you knew it, you know, uh, Ed McCaffrey Sr., Christian McCaffrey's dad, would be go on to make several big plays there, and and unfortunately the Jets would be absolutely steamrolled in the second half. But I remember watching that game because I'm trying to think of his name. There was a field goal kicker for uh, the – I can't think of his name right now. It's eluding me for Minnesota that could have easily – It's Morton sk- Anderson. <clears throat> Morton Anderson is the one that hit the field goal. Was he the one? There was somebody, though, that I believe that missed the field goal that would have secured the victory for the Vikings earlier in that game, and he missed it with, like, under two minutes to go and opened the door and the opportunity for them, for the Falcons to win that game. I can't remember. So the reason why I remember the game, and I remember, and the reason why I think is is, this correlates, and the reason why I think it was some of all in Madden's last game, because whoever that kicker was had not missed the extra point in, like, two seasons. No, it was, had not missed. He had he had not missed a field goal that season. He mm-hmm. had not. He was he was perfect in field goals that season. And someone Raw set it up. Someone Raw said, "Let's just say his name was Anderson. Anderson hasn't missed the kick all season, and he just did." And I remember I was watching the game with a Minnesota Viking fan, and you just saw the pain that went through him in that moment. Frank, let me mm-hmm. tell you something. That Vikings fans have had a tough existence. Yeah, and we know that Pat Summerall, you know, he was a former field goal kicker himself, so you know that he felt that pain. And you're 100% right. After looking at it right now, his last game was with uh, was with John Madden on Fox on February 3rd in 2002 in that NFC Championship game that you were talking about. So, I mean, yeah, that, that definitely was, 
uh, a, a sad way for them to go off and, you know, for them. And I know that it, it pained Summerall because, like I said, he was a, you know, a field goal kicker himself and was involved in that. So I think he probably felt the pain and the anguish. You know, there's been so many big spots for kickers, you know, if we look back in history, especially in, in Super Bowl history is, you know, with obviously Adam Vinatieri. And then you look at the Adam Vinatieri kick in the snow, you know, in that tuck rule game against the Raiders. I know a lot of Raider fans don't want to hear about that. But, you know, there's been several big moments. and then. Going back, I think Bills fans might not want to hear that, you know, wide right. You know, you don't want to talk yep. about that as well. I mean, remember that when we were younger? You know, obviously that was a big field goal miss. You I know. was I was hoping that field goal hit because as a Dallas Cowboy fan, I did not want to see the New York Giants win the Super Bowl, Frankie. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that was definitely, you know, Scott Norwood is is somebody. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for that guy. And, you know, no doubt. You know, but as a Jets fan, I know I was always rooting against the Bills and things like that. But I, you know, as a Jets fan and, you know, all my friends growing up in New York and everything, you know, all the razzing that you get, I was hoping that the Giants would come up on the losing end of that game. Yep. So I was actually rooting that he would actually hit it. You know, it's, as crazy as that may sound. Here's the interesting thing, right, Frankie? As a Jet fan, when the Giants and the Patriots played in the Super Bowl, who would you root for? Oh, I was all. That's actually the only time I was rooting for the Giants, and I had money on the Giants. So, there, is, there is no way, shape, or form. And and I had really no other choice because I probably would have maybe not come out alive because both of those games I was with my buddies involved in. You know, when there was big Super Bowl parties when you know everybody's all together and drinking and everything else, and they're all Giants fans. Giants so I, fans, yeah. And I, I wasn't going to be one of the. I wasn't going to be the only person on the opposite side, and there's no way. I I was back in Brady because my despise for that entire evil Cheatriots uh, franchise for all the things that they've done from Spygate to Deflategate to just so many things and, and the tuck rule, so many things that have gone in their favor. There was no sh way, shape, or form that as much as I have a dislike for the Giants being a Jets fan, there's no way that I was rooting for the Patriots over the Giants. That is the only time that I was rooting for the Giants because, like I said, when I was a young, when I was younger, I was rooting, you know, for the Bills to win. But in, you know, in that particular instance, all the things that have gone on between the Jets and the Patriots, where you know we stole Curtis Martin from them, you know, they stole Bill Belichick from us, you know. So it, it you know, listen, it is way, you know, whatever it say, you know, could be, but the history and the animosity between the two sides, the fan bases, the franchises themselves, it'll always exist. But yeah, definitely, when it comes to I'll be rooting for anyone playing the Patriots. That's all it comes down to. Yeah, and I, I can dig it on that. I actually rooted for the Giants the first year in 2007 um, because I had made a prediction. It it's a long story, but it basically is what paved the way for me and you to be talking on this podcast today. Um, and then in 2011, obviously, I was rooting big time for the New England Patriots. Mario Manningham with that great catch. I was like, out of bounds, out of bounds, out of bounds. He was out of bounds. But one thing, Frank, um, right quick on Pat Summerall, then I want to get back to the tuck rule. You know, Pat Summerall was alcoholic. <clears throat> yeah, he was. He did face some uh, demons himself, yep. but that's why I say, you know, we all do a lot of times, you know, in our private lives have issues, and then we have family members that are facing, you know, There's issues. Those kind of issues, too. But here's the thing. I, this is an interesting story that I heard about Pat Summerall. So I, I think Pat Summerall and some of the fellas were out on a town one night in New York City when, like, he was in his, you know, when he was drinking pretty heavy. And uh, Pat Summerall was, was, was slammed. He was over by Trump Tower, over by um, Central Park. You put a lot of people know that area well if you're from the New York City area, the Columbus Circle area. 
And everybody knows that that area on one side of the street by Central Park, you have a whole bunch of highfalutin fancy hotels. And on the other side of the street, you have Central Park and have the horses lined up. Well, Pat Summerall paid one of the guys to commandeer the horse to one of the Central Park horses that people go on rides with. And he took the horse. He got on top of the horse, took the horse across the street, got the horse into the hotel. And before he got stopped, he almost had the horse on the elevator, Frankie. Oh, my. <laughs> I never heard that story, but that's classic. <laughs> oh, man. Now, speaking of the tuck rule, this is listen to this, right? The tuck rule, obviously, what started the Patriots dynasty, right? Charles Woodson, part of that play, as we all know well. Paul mm-hmm. Woodson, a part of that Raider team. Charles Woodson is going to be going into the Hall of Fame this year, more than likely, and Tom Brady is playing in the Super Bowl. Can you imagine that? If you would have thought on that night, how many ever years ago that was, that whatever, 15, 20 years later, Brady would be playing in the Super Bowl the day after Charles Woodson gets nominated to the Hall of Fame, you'd everybody in the world be like, that's not true. Yeah, and sure well, enough, it does happen. Yeah, well, this is this is something that we're probably witnessing in our lifetime. We won't really see. I mean, it's kind of like the streak that Cal Ripken had, but the longevity of Tom Brady's career um, and to be playing as many years and to be playing at the age that he's still playing at and still to be playing at the level that he is still playing at at this age is just really, you know, it's it's a lot of accolades go to him, but you know he's had a lot of support along the way. But that's what makes this Super Bowl even more. You know, that's the, that's probably the easiest to, between me. You know, Corey, I think that's the biggest underlying story. I understand that everyone wants to talk about you know the goat versus the kid, but this game, I believe, has more pressure on Patrick Mahomes because I think that this game will be discussed for generations, decades. Long after we the, this game is well in, you know, decided, and they're going to talk about, oh, remember that time when Brady went up against Mahomes? When Brady went up against the Mahomes? I mean, there's also rumblings. I heard people out here talk about it, Corey, and it's interesting that one of the reasons why Tom Brady decided to go to an NFC team was because he respected Mahomes so much. He didn't want anything to do with them in getting back to the Super Bowl once again, that he wanted to be on the other side because he felt that he had a better opportunity of getting to the Super Bowl with an NFC team than he did with trying to go through Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl. And boy, if that really you know, was part of his thinking and re- rationale as to why did he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then that was pretty smart because here no we doubt. are sitting sitting here today only a couple days away, and he's in the Super Bowl on the opposite side and for the first time representing a different conference. No doubt about it. And here's another interesting thing. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, now not only will not only will we likely see Charles Woodson and Calvin Johnson going to the Hall of Fame, but it's a no doubt about it, 100% unanimous decision. I would be surprised if it's not that Peyton Manning will be elected into the Hall of Fame as a first ballot Hall of Famer on Saturday night. With that being said, Frankie, Tom Brady has be, will, be, will have played in four Super Bowls since Peyton Manning has retired. How crazy is that? Wow. And the battles that, <laughs> and the battles that, they always, that those two always went through in, in the playoffs and everything else. And more often than not, obviously, Tom Brady came out, you know, obviously getting the best of, of – uh, you know, Peyton Manning, but yeah, wow. That's, that's an incredible stat right there. It's just, not only does it show our age, not only does it show that the clock seems to be moving way too quickly for all of us in life right now, but 
I mean, that that's an unbelievable stat right there to know that Tom Brady will be playing in his fourth Super Bowl since Peyton Manning has retired. That, to me, is just absolutely incredible. And the question now starts to become, if Tampa Bay were to emerge victorious in Super Bowl 55, what's the strong possibility that Tom Brady filing rides off into the sunset? I don't and think he, it happens. I don't okay, think it happens. All right, well, if he does win, if he doesn't win, obviously we know he's coming back. How many more years? Can he play to 50? He's, he, said, he, he, he says he can definitely see himself going over past the age of 45. I think once you get past the age of 45, I think at some point somebody's probably going to pull you aside and be like, yo, listen, the skills have to decline at some point. You know what I'm saying? The they said that talent. though at 40. They said That's that though at 40. Too. That's true too. That TB12 must be working pretty good. But let's get ready to hop into the game, Frankie. And, and, we got to get ourselves some of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hop into the game and get ready to break this stuff down. And three is the number that we're seeing right now. The total on DraftKings Sportsbook is at 56. The last I checked, but the total has been bouncing around the past couple days, past couple hours. To be, I'll start off by saying this, Frankie. Are we going to see a three and a half again, or, will I'm, or am I going to have to buy the hook on Super Bowl Sunday? I don't believe that you're going to see that three and a half. And I'll be honest. I mean, right now I spoke to some of my sources out here. I've been in constant contact all week, you know, and they told me when they went to three and a half, they got inundated and flooded with Tampa Bay money. Now that they're at three, they're getting slammed with Kansas City money. Now, right now, overall, 82% of the spread handle is on Kansas City in Super Bowl 55. But on the flip side, 88% of money line handle is on Tampa Bay because everyone that's looking at Tampa Bay says that, oh, I don't even need the three points. Brady's going to win this game. It's Brady. It's a Super Bowl. You know, he's, he's already got six Super Bowls. He's going to get his seventh. We believe it, you know, that they're not even taking the points. So right now, what the books really need is a Kansas City win by one or two. If they, they're looking for a Kansas City money line win or a Kansas City win by one or two, as opposed to Kansas City winning by three, uh, three, three or more, obviously four, you know, obviously would be the golden number for a lot of betters out there. But they're not looking for Tampa Bay to win money line and they're not looking for Kansas City to cover the spread. So right now, if you want to be on the side of the books, this is a little bit of a crazy one because all the money, like I said, you got to find it. There's not much wiggle room. Right now, the Kansas City money line is the side that the books are rooting for. So maybe that's the side that you would want to be on. Or somehow, in play, in running, if you can get Kansas City at plus odds or maybe even minus one or minus two, that's the side that the books are going to be looking for. Because as of right now, as we approach and head up to kickoff on Sunday, the books need Kansas City to win by less than three. That's the side the books need. That is interesting uh, analysis right there. So now when we head on over and we look at the total – um, I'm seeing 56 right now, Frankie. Um, I'll be honest with you. My heaviest bet is going to be on the under. I don't know. Listen, listen you can call this a neutral field if you want. This is a home game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have been home underdogs twice this season, once against the Kansas City Chiefs, and the under came in in both of those games. 
Yeah, definitely. And you're 100% right. I mean, there's some respected shops out here in Vegas, Corey, that they're already down to 55 and a half after, you know, seeing its peak and its highest point of 57 and a half out here in Vegas, you know, last week and, you know, even some points this week. But that number has continued to drop. And I believe that it's correlated to the fact that a lot of people are listening to rain in the forecast. But I've also been getting updated update. You know, the latest updates say that maybe there might be rain at the beginning of the game or close to kickoff, but it may stop during the game. But then you got to worry about what kind of condition will the field be in and everything else but it looks like right now a lot of people are looking to back that under and you know if we do a little bit of a deeper dive we see that Kansas City this season Corey they've gone under 56 points in 10 of 18 games that's a 56 percent win percentage on going under 56 for Kansas City and Tampa Bay on the other hand other hand They've actually played under this projected total in 12 of 19 games. That's a 63% you know, win probability of going back under 56. And we know that when these two teams met in week 12, that was the exact total in, in that game as well. It was 56. And we know that that game went under as well when Kansas City emerged as a 27-24 uh, victor in that game. But they failed to cover the three-and-a-half point fate, you know, as road favorites. So, obviously – that's why I think that you're going to be hesitant. Now, I've been asked a lot by a lot of people, both over in the SI Pro community and the Discord chat, privately, will I ever – Will with all this spread money being this high, will we ever see a two-and-a-half appear at any point prior to kickoff on Sunday? My answer to that is an emphatic no. No. And, and the reason why is the liability that sports books would open themselves up to for the amount of time. Now, you got to remember, it was almost six days where we saw a three and a hook with that three and a half point spread with Tampa Bay. There was a lot of Tampa Bay bets that came in there. I explained that earlier. And the books, you know, a lot of my sources told me when they had the three and a half, it was all Tampa Bay money. If they go to two and a half, those same people are going to come back and try to middle it and play Tampa, Kansas City at minus two and a half, if that game falls on three at the same spread potential outcome of a three-point victory for Kansas City that we saw in week 12 between these two teams, it would be absolutely bloody Sunday for sportsbooks because they would be absolutely murdered because they would have had that liability now of middling themselves. So at no point, despite how much money continues to flood in on Kansas City, I don't believe any sports book will open themselves up to that potential liability and move this line to two and a half. So if you're looking to play Kansas City, I would say take the three. But I don't believe you'll I don't believe this number ever moves off of that prime number, even as we approach kickoff. The only way it gets to a two and a half is if it's a book that never had a three and a half. Yes. And but a lot of them all lot of books I, have already had three and a half. Yep, exactly. Uh DraftKings have had it. Almost all the books out here in Vegas at one point had it. You know, they opened there and like I said, they were there for some of them stayed there for six days. You know, they just continued to juice, uh, change the juice and, and were up to minus a dollar and a dollar twenty five, a dollar and a quarter on the plus three and a half on the comeback for Tampa Bay when you had a if you wanted to grab those points, you had to pay more more juice, obviously, and the big one higher. So they stayed there for a while. So I don't know how many of those books I don't have that information. If one actually didn't even go there, that's a good question. But my guess would be I would believe that nearly every sports book at some point in time hung a three and a half on the Super Bowl fifty five. Frank, are you getting involved with any of those Super Bowl boxes out there? Uh, yes, I do have some friends back in New York that, you know, there's some, you know, obviously those bars are not still open. So I will be limited um, 
this year because unfortunately due to COVID-19, those bars are not uh, all open, but some of them are still running them on the side, I want to say. So, yes, yeah, you're going to give too much. Yep. So, <laughs> that, that's, all, that's all you'll get, but, you know, yeah. obviously. <laughs> I know um, a guy. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, I am involved. But the thing is, and the crazy part is, Corey, William Hill um, and a couple other sports books out here are now giving you the opportunity, as crazy as this may sound, you can bet and pick the square that you want right now. So, for instance, you can go in there and say you think the game's going to be 7-7 at the end of the first quarter. You can buy 7-7 as a square, and whatever one you choose has different odds uh, uh, you know, attached to it. Halftime, third quarter, final game, final score. Like, it's amazing to me that things that were always bar run or restaurant run or friends run or privately run with these Super Bowl squares, now the books are jumping involved and saying, oh, yeah, you you, you think that, you know, because when we, listen, Corey, we always know we want to fade. We, if, if you know, if you get five, five, eight, eight, nine, nine, it's the kiss of death. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you want, you're always rooting for that seven, three, four, seven, three, three, seven, zero, that, that eight four, zero. Two. Yep, exactly. Or, you know, that's for the final score. But I'm saying if you're looking for, you know, to hit any of the quarters, you're looking for more of those prime numbers. Now you get the opportunity to bet them with odds, obviously, with the better known prime numbers, obviously pay out lower payouts. But it's interesting to me that you brought that up. And now I saw that some of the sports books are actually starting to offer Super Bowl square opportunities where you can pick your call and it's more or less like calling your shot and saying, if that's the number I want, I think that this number is going to be there and you can bet those. So that's even more interesting and order offering, offering even more opportunities as that Super Bowl betting packet just continues to grow on a yearly basis as books just continue to add things from the color of the Gatorade bath to the time of the national anthem to now picking your Super Bowl square. I mean, it's just crazy, including I saw today, what color will the visor be for Andy Reid? Ah, look at that. You know what I'm saying? So you got some of everything that you can bet on, and that leads me to our next thing before we get up out of here, Frankie. Got all kind of information on how to bet this game right now off of that SI.com, but I'm talking to the man right here himself. So I don't need you to go through the entire thing, Frankie, but just a couple. Like, I've already seen most of the stuff in the Discord. Now, I have access to that. A lot of you people that's listening, you don't. So, you know, listen, we might take you behind the paywall a little bit, but not a whole lot. So, Frankie, whatever you're willing to give as far as prop bets, go ahead and, um, you know, go ahead and start to break some of these down. You know, we're not going to give them the whole thing, but we'll give them a little bit a taste of the Vegas Whisper flavor. Yeah, my portfolio is so large right now, but I will give some that have already been shared over there. And so we're going to start off first with uh, the dynamic Tyree Kill and going over 92 and a half receiving yards. We know that in the first matchup, Corey, between these two teams, he caught 13 of 15 targets for 269 yards and three touchdowns. And we know that he's also gone over 100 yards plus receiving in each of the Chiefs' two playoff victories, so we know that he's on that streak already. He's actually gone over this projected number of 92.5 over at DraftKings Sportsbook in six of his last 10 games. That's a 60% win probability, and he also went over that with 105 yards in last year's Super Bowl. We know Andy Reid on the biggest stage is going to find ways to move Hill around the formation and exploit the issues Tampa Bay may be experiencing with injuries in their secondary. So going over 92.5 yards, that's one of the strong ones. I also you know, gave this out, and I also bet this myself at even better numbers but you can still find it at odds of 13 to 1. Tyree Kill in the MVP market. I think that offers tremendous uh, value. I've already gotten down on all three. I have Travis Kelsey as well at 20 to 1. And of course, I have my guy, my boy, Patrick Mahomes, the kid, at uh, plus $1.50 as well. But we're going to look at also another one, uh, uh, Corey. Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown scorer. Now, listen. 
Oh, you know me. I hate to be a square better, and I don't like laying the juice. But in this particular instance, right now, the Vegas Wizards Sharps, they, they believe that Travis Kelsey, despite the fact that he didn't find the end zone in Week 12 in the first matchup, he's going to find it in the Super Bowl here. He finished the Super Bowl, excuse me, he finished the uh, regular season tied for the overall lead among all tight ends with Green Bay's uh, Robert Tunyon with 11 overall touchdown receptions, leading the league there. But in addition, he hasn't slowed down in the in the playoffs. He has three touchdowns already in the two games this year. And after some research, we find that, you know, Kelsey, Corey, he's found the end zone in 12 of 17 games. That's a 71% win percentage, you know, and obviously he has 14 overall this season. In addition, if we look back and we look at Kelsey, he's found the pay dirt in five of his last six postseason appearances. Now, we often say it, Corey, and they say it in the betting circles, and this often applies, and it does here as well. Sometimes the juice, it's worth the squeeze, and apparently it looks like it is with Travis Kelsey. So I would be looking at Kelsey, Tyree Kill, um, and the particular props, as well as, you know, maybe Kelsey going over seven and a half receptions. You know, there's several good ones out there that have already been shared. Um, But, you know, for me, obviously, we all know I have – the Chiefs already at plus four seventy five. The Chiefs at plus four dollars. The Chiefs at even plus two dollars, as well as a wager that I shared with everyone, including our guy Michael Fabiano on his show Fantasy Dirt over on uh, Sirius Radio before this playoffs even started, which was the AFC to win the Super Bowl at minus a dollar forty three. So, and we see that we got almost nearly thirty forty cents in added value right now because Kansas City on a money line wager is nearly minus a dollar eighty, minus a dollar seventy in that range. It might even I think it's gonna actually gonna go up even higher as we get closer to kickoff. But that's why the Vegas Wizards shops, they are actually attacked this game in one particular fashion right now. They played a particular prop that you can right now you can find the best odds over at DraftKings Sportsbook and that is betting that Patrick Mahomes will throw for 300 plus passing yards and emerge as the victor and the victoriously in uh, Super Bowl 55 and you can find that right now at odds of a plus a dollar 50 so Mahomes to throw for 300 plus yards which, Corey, if we do a little bit of homework, he's done it in 28 of 46 career games. That's a 61% win probability. In addition, we've seen that there's been sharp movement on his overall passing numbers. It opened as low as 320 and a half here in Vegas. And now in some spots this morning, it's up to 333 and a half. So you can shave nearly 34 yards off his projection of his pl- of his passing yards, as well as you can avoid you know, having to lay the money line of minus $1.70, minus $1.80 on Kansas City because there's a strong win probability that if Kansas City is to emerge victoriously in Super Bowl 55 and get their second consecutive Super Bowl victory, it's going to be on the arm strength and the right arm of Patrick Mahomes. So expect that if Kansas City is going to win, it's going to be Mahomes pushing the ball down the field because we know that Tampa Bay has a strong run defense, a stout run defense, and we know that right now Kansas City has a questionable running attack. So I think the ball is going to be in Mahomes' hands a lot more than people are expecting. And going over 300-plus yards, if they're going to win the game, it's going to be on Mahomes' uh, right arm there. So right now that best prop is Mahomes to throw for 300-plus passing yards, Win Super Bowl 55. You can find it right now over at DraftKings Sportsbook. There you go right there. There you go right there. We are ready, set, rocking and rolling. Hopefully everybody enjoys this Super Bowl Sunday and everybody successfully emerges from the ticket window. Cash a couple tickets as we get ready to head into the next marquee event, and that is March Madness. We got you covered right here, SI.com, and that's like gambling. Frankie, my man, great season, brother. Thanks a lot for all your help. 
Oh, as always, Corey, it's always a blast being on here with you. And let's make sure that we uh, we cash all those tickets just like we did last year in the Super Bowl. And I'm hoping that we can do it again. I'm looking for a good one. And let's get let's make sure that, that we cash. That is definitely what it's all, what it's about, all about for my guy, Frankie Fastax, Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive SI Fantasy Podcast. We are out.